Section 46, Volume 2 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Volume 2. Section 46. When it was the one hundred and seventeenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the young merchant continued his tale to Taj al-Muluk. Thereupon quoth I to the daughter of my uncle, Tell me what to do, and have pity on me, so may Allah have pity on thee. As the daughter of my uncle loved me with great love, she replied, On my head and eyes! But, O oh, my cousin, I repeat what I have told thee oftentimes. If I could go in and out at will, I would at once bring you two together, and cover you both with my skirt. Nor would I do this but hoping to win thy favour in Salah. I will do my utmost to endeavour to unite you. But hear my words, and do my bidding." Go thou to the very same place, and sit down where thou sattest before, and at supper-tide look, though eat not, for eating induceth sleep, and have a care though slumber not, for she will not come to thee till a fourth part of the night be past, and the Almighty avert her mischief from thee. Now when I heard these words I rejoiced and besought Allah to hasten the night, and as soon as it was dark, I was minded to go, and my cousin said to me, When thou shalt have met her, repeat to her the couplet I taught thee before, at the time of thy leave-taking. Replied I, On my head and eyes, and went out and repaired to the garden, where I found all made ready in the same state as on the previous night, with every requisite of meat and drink, dried fruits, sweet-scented flowers, and so forth. I went up into the pavilion, and smelt the odour of the viands, and my spirit lusted after them. But I possessed my soul in patience for a while, till at last I could no longer withstand temptation. So I arose from my seat, and went up to the table, and, raising its cover, found a dish of fowls, surrounded by four saucers, containing four several meats. I ate a mouthful of each kind, and as much as I would of the sweetmeats, and a piece of meat. Then I drank from the saucer a sauce yellowed with saffron, and, as it pleased me, I supped it up by the spoonful, till I was satisfied, and my stomach was full. Upon this my eyelids drooped, so I took a cushion, and set it under my head, saying, Haply I can recline upon it without going to sleep. Then I closed my eyes and slept, nor did I wake till the sun had risen, when I found on my stomach a cube of bone, a single tip cat stick, the stone of a green date, and a carob pod. There was no furniture, nor aught else in the place, and it was as if there had been nothing there yesterday. So I rose, and shaking all these things off me, fared forth in a fury and going home found my cousin groaning and versifying with these couplets. A wasted body, heart in pierced to core, 
and tears that down my poor cheeks poor and poor and lover cure of access but but still not say what's fair can come from fairest flower o cousin mine thou fillst my soul with pate and from these tears mine eyelids ache full sore i chid the daughter of my uncle and abused her whereat she wept then wiping away her tears she came up to me and kissed me and began pressing me to her bosom whilst i held back from her blaming myself then said she to me o oh, my cousin it seemeth thou slepptest again this night replied i yes and when i awoke i found on my stomach a cube of bone a single tip-cat stick a stone of a green date and a carob pod and i know not why she did this then i wept and went up to her and said expound to me her meaning in so doing and tell me how shall i act and aid me in my sore strait she answered on my head and eyes by the single tip-cat stick and the cube of bone which she placed upon thy stomach she saith to thee thy body is present but thy heart is absent and she meaneth love is not thus so do not reckon thyself among lovers as for the date-stone it is as if she said to thee and thou wert in love thy heart would be burning with passion and thou wouldst not taste the delight of sleep for the sweet of love is like a green date which kindleth a coal on fire in the vitals as for the carob pod it signifieth to thee the lover's heart is wearied and thereby she saith be patient under our separation with the patience of job when i heard this interpretation fires darted into my vitals like a dart and grief redoubled upon my heart and i cried out saying allah decreed sleep to me for my ill fortune then i said to her o oh, my cousin by my life devise me some device whereby i may win my will of her she wept and answered o oh, aziz o oh, son of my uncle verily my heart is full of sad thought which i cannot speak but go thou again to-night to the same place and beware thou sleep not and thou shalt surely attain thy desire this is my counsel and peace be with thee quoth i if allah please i will not sleep but will do as thou biddest me then my cousin rose and brought me food saying eat now what may suffice thee that nothing might divert thy heart so i ate my fill and when night came my cousin rose and bringing me a sumptuous suit of clothes clad me therein then she made me swear i would repeat to my lover the verse aforesaid and bade me beware of sleeping so i left her and repaired to the garden and went up into that same pavilion where i occupied myself in holding my eyelids open with my fingers and nodding my head as the night darkened on me and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the one hundred and eighteenth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king 
that the young merchant continued to Taj al-Muluk. So I repaired to the garden, and went up into that same pavilion, and occupied myself in gazing upon the flower-beds, and in holding my eyelids open with my fingers, and nodding my head as the night darkened on me. And presently I grew hungry with watching, and the smell of the meats being wafted towards me, my appetite increased. So I went up to the table, and took off the cover, and ate a mouthful of every dish, and a bit of meat, after which I turned to the flagon of wine, saying to myself, I will drink one cup. I drank it, and then I drank a second, and a third, till I had drunk full ten, when the cool air smote me, and I fell to the earth like a felled man. I ceased not to lie thus till day arose and when I awoke and found myself outside the garden, and on my stomach were a butcher's knife and a dram-weight of iron, thereat I trembled, and taking them with me went home, where I found my cousin saying, Verily, I am in this house wretched and sorrowful, having no helper but weeping. Now when I entered, I fell down at full length, and throwing the knife and the dram-weight from my hand, I fainted clean away. As soon as I came to myself, I told her what had befallen me, and said, Indeed, I shall never enjoy my desire. But when she saw my tears and my passion, they redoubled her distress on my account, and she cried, Verily, I am helpless. I warned thee against sleeping, but thou wouldst not hearken to my warning nor did my words profit thee aught i rejoined by allah i conjure thee to explain to me the meaning of the knife and the iron dram weight by the dram weight replied my cousin she alludeth to her right eye and she sweareth by it and saith by the lord of all creatures and by my right eye if thou come here again and sleep, I will cut thy throat with this very knife. And indeed I fear for thee, O my cousin, from her malice. My heart is full of anguish for thee, and I cannot speak. Nevertheless, if thou can be sure of thyself not to sleep when thou returnest to her, return to her and beware of sleeping, and thou shalt attain thy desire. But if when returning to her thou wilt sleep, as is thy wont, she will surely slaughter thee. Asked I, What shall I do, O daughter of my uncle? I beg thee by Allah to help me in this my calamity. Answered she, On my head and eyes, if thou wilt hearken to my words and do my bidding, thou shalt have thy will quoth i i will indeed hearken to thy words and do thy bidding and quoth she when it is time for thee to go i will tell thee then she pressed me to her bosom and laying me on the bed shampooed my feet till drowsiness overcame me and i was drowned in sleep then she took a fan and seated herself by my head with a fan in her hand and she was weeping till her clothes were wet with tears. Now when she saw that I was awake, she wiped away the drops and fetched me some food, and set it before me. I refused it, but she said to me, 
did I not tell thee that thou must do my bidding? Eat. So I ate and thwarted her not, and she proceeded to put the food into my mouth, and I to masticate it till I was full. Then she made me drink jujube sherbet and sugar, and washed my hands and dried them with a kerchief, after which she sprinkled me with rose water, and I sat with her a while in the best of spirits. When the darkness had closed in, she dressed me and said to me, O son of my uncle, watch through the whole night and sleep not, for she will not come to thee this tide till the last of the dark hours, and, Allah willing, thou shalt be at one with her this night. But forget not my charge. Then she wept, and my heart was pained for her by reason of her overmuch weeping, and I asked, What is the charge thou gazed me? She answered, When thou takest leave of her, repeat to her the verse before mentioned. So, full of joy, I left her, and repairing to the garden, went up into the pavilion, where, being satiated with food, I sat down and watched till a fourth part of the dark hours was past. That night seemed longsome to me as it were a year, but I remained awake till it was three-quarters spent and the cocks crew, and I was famished for long watching. Accordingly I went up to the table and ate my fill, whereupon my head grew heavy, and I wanted to sleep, when, behold, a light appeared making towards me from afar. I sprang up and washed my hands and mouth, and roused myself, and before long she came with ten damsels, in whose midst she was like the full moon among the stars. She was clad in a dress of green satin, purfled with red gold, and she was, as saith the poet, She lords it over our heart in grass-green gown, with buttons loose and locks long flowing down. Quoth I, what is thy name? quoth she. I'm she, who burns the lover-heart life coals upon. I made my plaint to her of loving low. Laughed she, to stone thou moanst useless moan. Quoth I, and be of hardy stone thy heart. Allah drew sweetest spring from hardest stone. When she saw me, she laughed and said, How is it that thou art awake, and that sleep overcame thee not? For as much as thou hast watched through the night, I know that thou art a lover, for night-watching is the mark of lovers displaying brave endurance of their desires. Then she turned to her women, and signed to them, and they went away from her whereupon she came up to me, and strained me to her breast, and kissed me, whilst I kissed her. And she sucked my upper lip, whilst I sucked her lower lip. I put my hand to her waist, and pressed it, and we came not to the ground, save at the same moment. Then she undid her petticoat trousers, which slipped down to her anklets, and we fell to clasping, and embracing, and toying, and speaking softly, and biting, and intertwining of legs, and going round about the holy house, and the corners thereof, till her joints became relaxed for love-delight, and she swooned away. I entered the sanctuary, and indeed that night was a joy to the sprite, and a solace to the sight, even as saith the poet. 
Sweetest of nights the world can show to me that night, when cups went round and round, as fed by ceaseless spring. Their utter severance made, I twixt mine eyes and sleep, and joined, rejoined, mine ear drop with the anklet ring. We lay together in close embrace till the morning, when I would have gone away, but she stopped me and said, Stay till I tell thee something. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 46 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2 Read by Lars Rolander